Era, era, two heels in a face. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Twos and Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, getting a little bit back into our show preview cadence. There is uh, a last wave of shows happening, one specifically on 12-12, and we have 12 questions for these gentlemen, and it's Christmas time. There are many underlying themes that we're kind of stringing together here at the last moment, uh, but we have the men on from Warrior Wrestling before we introduce them again to talk about their last show and their next show, Chris, compadre, Chris, I really haven't talked to you. We took off last week. I know, I know you've been busy with the family. Like, update me on what's going on, man. Family keeps me busy, busy at all times, man. And that, and then your international traveling, I can't keep up with <laughs> you either. <laughs> so, oh, uh, no, for for me, like, it's just been a lot of family time for sure. It's it's always good. Um, it said last her first tooth yesterday, so. And okay. it was around like 8 p.m. So like she was like at a super all-time high. Like she was super excited about it. So it was really hard to even put her down to bed. Like she's like, yeah, but the tooth fairy's coming and this is gonna happen and that's gonna happen. So it's like, okay, it's 10 30. It's time for bed. <laughs> uh, so uh, but yeah, man, it's it's been good. Uh happy post Thanksgiving. Yes. Um you know how was your holiday? Holiday was good, man. It went by too fast. Like uh, my role with the family is always to coordinate stuff. Your role so, is to cook seven million things. Did you? Do well, that? I I did cook the two turkeys. Okay. One for Carlos' family, one for uh, our family, okay. and um, you know, I took care of that early in the day. Woke up extra early, and then um, also had to do some airport pickups. Uh, family was coming from out of town to pick up talent for Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the in the upcoming weeks. I don't know. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll see if Steve needs my help. But <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's been good. It's we're we're nearing the end of the year, and it's just kind of feeling that way. Like we're getting close to the end of the year. Looking to looking forward to new things in the upcoming year. But we still have wrestling. Wrestling is still on, and we'll definitely talk about this new venue that I'm extremely intrigued about. But you know, before we even talk about the venue and the show and everything else. Welcome, Eric from Warrior Wrestling and Steve, Principal Steve from Warrior Wrestling. Great to have you guys on one more time. Warrior Wrestling 17. Can you, Steve, you're still on mute and I know you're yeah. keep down the noise, but <laughs> I, I know I can't believe it. You know, we were just talking in our Warrior internal meeting a couple hours ago how Warrior One felt like a one off and something special that we do and say, wow, we did that. And then flash forward, we're almost four years later, and there is no end in sight. And it we're hoping it's gonna get bigger and bigger. It looks like it is already. You know, I was at the last show at Warrior Wrestling uh uh 16, the sweet 16. Okay. I gotta say, like Bret Hart really drew in a lot of people. Like that line was extremely, extremely long. Um I was uh, able to for, uh, to uh, catch up with D-Ray. I pretty much spent like probably about an hour and a half, almost close to two hours in line with D-Ray as we were making our way to get our, you know, I was getting a Funko Pop sign and he had like custom art made. And I got to say. Uh, <laughs> that's that's D-Ray. I feel like he did that with Ray Mysterio. And then yeah, he did that, that with Ray. Doing, doing it with Brett. Um, but, you know, Brett was, was so nice to everyone. Like I figured I'm like, I'm close to the end or maybe like. You know, the last third of, of people that he's going to get to sign stuff for. And he's just going to rush through everything. And he's 
he was not. He was taking his time. Like those signatures, I feel like I was going to get just a line across my Funko. Not at all. No. There were no time. screw jobs, huh? No, no screw, screw jobs, jobs in Chicago no. Heights. Mm-mm. And that's actually what took so long is that <laughs> he was so nice to everyone <laughs> yeah. and so meticulous in his, his signatures. And people were like, why is it taking so long? And then they get up there and, and interact with him and go, oh, that was great. I'm glad I got time with him. So hopefully it worked out. Yeah, he went, uh, he went an extra, I want to say like 45 minutes just to make sure that every single person that was in line got the experience that they came for. Um, and so, you know, more credit to him. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I, unfortunately, I don't know if GPA got to meet Bret Hart. Um, you know, I saw a tweet after the show that said that... <laughs> <laughs> that said that, um, you know, he, he, uh, I like tweeted at him earlier and then he's like, he sent me a tweet back that he failed, he failed us. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure that, I don't know if it was, a, I don't think it was a time thing. It sounds like Brett gave everyone some time, but I don't, I don't know where that miscommunication or where, where that happened. Yeah. I don't know. He, um, he was, or GPA was backstage the whole show in his Brett, like super Brett t-shirt. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't know if they weren't able to connect in the back or what, but I, I know he was looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, maybe he got stage fright. Maybe that's just karma. You know what I mean? Instead of beating up GPA, it's prevent GPA from meeting his childhood hero. Yeah. It's a longer hashtag. That's what happens (laughs) if you cheat and to win all your matches, I guess. I I guess so. Um, But yeah, the last so the last show, uh, Warrior Wrestling, Warrior Wrestling Sweet 16. Um, Can't believe we're here. Um, I'm going to read off the results really quickly, and then we're going to get into the. Uh, six six questions about the last show, if that works. Does that sound good for everyone? Go for it. Sounds good to me. Cool. Uh, so um, uh, the Warrior Wrestling Lucha title three-way, Aramis ended up uh, beating Gringo Loco and Ray Horace uh, to retain. Alex Shelley defeats Casey Navarro. Davey Richards defeats Ace Austin. Uh, Pretty Proper defeats uh, Janai Kai and Jason Hotch. Josh Alexander defeats Calvin Tankman. Buddy Matthews defeats Chandler Hopkins. Sam Adonis escapes Moose and, and with, with, the, with the victory. Roxy defeats Laney Luck for the ROH women's title. Beastman and Warhorse defeat Dan the Dad and KLD. They were pretty high up the card, too. Shout out to them. Um, and then the Warrior Wrestling main event was basically tarnished by Frank the Clown. And it ended in no contest, so... It's so, very disappointing. I, I I was noticing how you were reading off the the, the card, and you actually read it. You, Did I do that it, the other you way? You had it right on the agenda, but you read it from the bottom up, thinking that the main event was the title. Yes, and it, they actually opened up the card that night, and I was actually shocked. Right, by that I well knew that. that I knew I was testing <laughs> all of you. I was testing all of you because I was that. Okay, so just a real quick recap of of my emotions through this last show yes please. i felt like every match went out there and again you know i've enjoyed all the the, the world wrestling shows but this one i don't know if it was because it was like post-pandemic i hadn't been you know getting a chance to go out there to every show but it just felt like everyone went out there to up the person that was just behind them like every match i honestly i, I wanted to go to the washroom at some point and i'm like well i can't because the last, you know, three matches just kind of are going up and up and up and there's not going to be no intermission. So like, do I go now? Like I, I did not know what to do because everyone was going out there and just kicking ass. Um, 
you know, I got to be honest, I did not um, expect um, what was it? the Buddy Matthews match, right? Because I didn't know much about uh, Chandler Hopkins either. And Buddy Matthews, I'm like, okay, you know, he, he's, he was doing pretty good. But they also went out there and just beat themselves up, you know, throughout the whole time. Um, Lady Frost also made a big impression on me, like just character wise, like in ring stuff, separate top notch, but just character wise, like she really captured my attention. And then the Casey Navarro match, and then you kind of main event the the show with with the Lucha match. So it's like, yeah, I'm not going home until this is over. Yeah, that that <laughs> was the make Chris stick around. I think was that intentional? <laughs> yeah, just to keep me around, right? <laughs> so so we are obsessive about the layouts of our shows. Eric and I will go back and forth over and over and over again, and because of everything Chris just said, because there were so many matches trying to top one another, we needed to end with something that nothing was going to follow. And with something that was so high energy and crazy at 11 o'clock at night, after having been there and waited for Brett for three hours, you're still going to be excited for. So we talked about it a little bit. We decided that ends the show. That's Mm -hmm. the energy we want as you're walking out the door at the end of the night. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just going back a little bit, and, and you know, we always make a point to talk about Sam Adonis when we talk to you guys. You know, a Warrior Wrestling favorite for sure. Moose, I had not been so high on for the last, probably last year, year and a half. I feel like he was getting, he was feeling to me very um, repetitive. And his move said it just felt like I was going to see Moose match. And I knew like I was going to get that great entrance, get that hype with the Moose Moose. But once the match went down, I kind of knew what I was gonna see. And in this match, like I don't know, I don't know what it was the 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 synergy between both of them. It was just incredible. It was a great, great match. I recommend it, one hundred percent. Yeah, in that match, we've got um, two guys who are no, <clears throat> you know, n- nothing new to the uh, the warrior crowd mm-hmm. to the warrior scene. These guys have been on multiple shows each, um, you know, so they knew each other <clears throat> a little bit. And uh, like you said, uh, their their point in the card, there had already been a handful of incredible matches before them. And I know that one of the things both those guys like about doing our shows is that they're um, they're 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 put up against people who help them push their limits. Right. The, we're, we're able to book them against people who um, maybe it's not the the typical booking they're getting in other places. Maybe it's not the. The every, you know, okay, here's another, we'll just do this match and get in and get out. We're able to pair them with people of, of caliber, of character, of quality, where they're comfortable and willing to, like you said, go out there and do something different, try something new, give something more. Um, and and those two guys were, were hungry to show the world what they could do. And um, yeah, it was a great match. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and getting into our six questions about the the last show, uh, I'll start with Steve first. Here's question number one about the last show. Overall, how did the 16th show feel to you? Different from any shows? How was the show unique? Did it kind of feel like your, you know, uh, same same warrior cadence, or or did it feel like your 16th show that that you guys had? You know, it was very different because of the element of Bret Hart. Outside of Rey Mysterio, I think Brett was the most in demand of any big guest we've ever had. And so we had a ton of people there to meet Brett 
and they're going to happen to stay for a wrestling show too. Yeah. So we knew that there are going to be people who got there at three in the afternoon and come 11 o'clock, they were going to be tired and worn out. So we wanted it to be a banger. And, and, you know, Chris alluded to that earlier. And so did the guys in the locker room. They all wanted to impress Brett and they all wanted to up the match before them. So it felt like a much longer day than a normal warrior show because we did that okay. three hour fan fest with Brett and that was exhausting. But by the end of it, I was still really happy with the show. And there's small things that bring me joy. Like for example, the war horse and beast man versus Dan, the dad and KLD match yes. got a, this is awesome chant like 12 minutes into it. And I was like, they just followed Gresham and Trey who technical wrestled around the world. Yeah. And then we had this big character match and the characters were so over that they got a, this is awesome chant. And I just felt so happy for those four guys. So it, it, it to answer your question, I had my moments in the show where I went, oh, I'm just so happy this worked out. Yeah. I wonder what Brett thought of, of those two matches back to back technical prowess versus, than that, than that second show. Uh, Eric, does the show feel different to you at all or no? Um, kind of alluding to what Steve said, yeah. The the So uh, as you guys know, most of my day of operations is backstage, right? Yeah. So so I don't have quite the same um, experience with the live show, the the matches at the, in the moment or the, or the crowd. I kind of go in and out. Um, but I can, I can speak to the vibe backstage and very similar to show two when we had Rey Mysterio. I, I, there's, there was a different atmosphere backstage in 16 and it wasn't necessarily because it was the 16th show. I think it was because of the presence of, of greatness. And um, hmm. there, there was an uh, like a palpable feeling of like, I am about to perform my craft in front of one of the people, the people who have been at the pinnacle of it. And, and like literally the best example of what I aspire to be and they're going to be watching me. They're yeah. going to see what I'm doing. Um, and I think that that, at least backstage, held people to um, – maybe they held themselves to just a little bit of a high stand- or a really high standard where it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave anything in the ring. Like, I- I'm not going to – I'm I'm going to go out there and give literally 100%. And, and it, it's not that they don't do that on any other show, but I think that there was a, like a palpable feeling of like – I have to do well because I love Bret Hart kind of a thing. Like I owe it to Bret and to myself to go out there and be amazing. And, and so backstage there was definitely that kind of just feeling of like, we are in the yeah. presence of greatness. That's kind of cool. Did he hang out? And I'm assuming watch the show on the, you know, there's that like that, the what is it? That like slide. Yeah. It was the screen, back screen in the back of yeah. the TVs. Yeah. He was watching it, hanging around. And it's, it's interesting is that, again, the only other person where this was like this was for Rey Mysterio. At all times, all of the wrestlers knew where Brett was. It was like, where is he? He's sitting over there. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> like, like they were, and it, it wasn't that way for Kurt Angle. It wasn't that way for Mick Foley. But, yeah. but at all times, every wrestler was like, where is he? He's just in that hallway. He's talking to somebody that, oh, okay, okay. Like everyone knew where Brett was. You could feel it. And that's what everybody cared about. So much respect. I love it. Uh, getting on to the, the uh, I'm going to go third question and then back to second because we talked about these guys. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make a big, da- uh, I think it's a big daddy. Re- no, it's a, it's a big daddy reference. I'd say that the tag team of Warhorse and Beastman go together like lamb and tuna fish. 
Does that? <laughs> yep. Maybe <laughs> maybe spaghetti and meatball. You prefer that one? Um, anyways, it worked very well. That's the joke. I don't know if you've seen the movie Big Daddy. Maybe I'm di- I am 32. Maybe I'm dating myself. If you're younger listening to this, you should watch Big. It's one of Adam Sandler's best movies. Um, so are we going to be seeing more of this coming up, this tag team? Maybe. You know, interestingly enough, we had a plan for maybe doing the tag team over the summer, and instead we put them against each other. And unbeknownst to us and unbeknownst to them, they did a spot at the end of the match in August where Warhorse put on Beastman's uh, guard, his, his hide, and Beastman put on Warhorse's vest, and they kind of posed and danced around. And I was like, hmm, unbeknownst to you guys, we're going to make you a tag team. <laughs> and um, they just kind of did it naturally. And like you said, it worked. So I don't know. It's obviously not going to happen next week at the next show. Yeah. But at some point in the future, yes. And whether it's Beast Horse or War Husk is what they were saying at the end of the show. Right. Uh, it will make a return, I think. Okay, cool. Um, uh, back, go back to the second question. A new addition to the locker room was Buddy Murphy. Eric, what do you think about his, uh, his debut match, in your opinion? What did he bring to the locker room? <clears throat> he his, mat, his match was great. Um, like you said earlier, it was against uh, Chandler Hopkins, who um, I believe this was his second show with us. He was in the GMSI, uh, was kind of his debut with us, and really wowed us in, uh, with that match. Um, he he brought his game. You know, he, this was was definitely one of the the bigger challenges of of his uh, budding career right now. But um, Buddy Matthews was a, a, a just a pro through and through. Yeah. I mean, the the just pure pro walked in, understood the assignment, um, <laughs> understood like that's the, a big social media placement. phrase right now. Sure, we, yeah, but I mean like. He 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 was able. He he looked. He saw a placement on the card. He yeah. saw the the. He looked at the card as a whole. Understood kind of the ebbs and flows and things that um a lot of the nuances that Steve kind of and I try to put into our shows. He just got. He just got it. He's like I I I get what we're doing. I know what we're trying to do. I know what you want out of this match. Right. Um, you know, and and was able to deliver a hundred and ten percent. And um, you know, this was his kind of just getting back onto the indie scene after um, being in WWE for a while. So um, it was, it was, it was awesome working with, like I said, just a pros pro guy comes in, knows, just can take a look and intuitively understand so many of the, the, the finer nuanced things that allowed that match to shine. In my opinion, he, he looked really, really strong in that match, but also in a way that did not make Hopkins look weak at all. Agreed. And I think that was the art, the whole magic throughout that match of like, like Matthews is showing that, that he, where he's coming from and what he has under his belt, the experience and, but definitely made Hopkins also look really, really good in a, in a kind of uh, a weaker standpoint, but not weaker as in like skill this person. Like it, it was just a brawl. It was great. I love that match. I will say really quickly. Um, Buddy has something that Jay White had a show before him, which is just this deep sense of understanding. Like Eric just said a moment ago, what's needed in his match. A lot of guys, and this is a very behind the curtain kind of thing. A lot of guys are all like, you know, the GMSI, I got to get my shit in. Like I want to hit this move and this move, and this move and wow. Them. Whereas Buddy reminds me so much of Jay White by like, okay, this is what this match needs. So I'm going to do this, this, and this. And, and like, it's just this very, like he's at peace. He's not, he doesn't, he's not have to, have to prove anything to the audience mm-hmm. or himself. He's at peace with, like we all just said, what's the assignment? I will execute it perfectly. Yeah. 
And does that come from just being maybe at a, I'm not trying to put like, I'm not trying to like make anyone an elitist, but that just come from being just working at such a uh, place with high production. Maybe. No, I think it's the opposite. I think it's working in Australia and New Zealand and new Japan early before going to WWE. It's that mindset. It's the Eastern mindset of how the guys approach wrestling. Okay. Interesting. Well, and it and it it's, it lends to that thought of what what can I do to put on the best show versus what can I do to put on the best match, and the truly great ones can can combine the two in the moment where I can put on the best match within the confines of what will also tell the best story to put on the best show, and. Mm. Um, and that's something that, that like Jay White um, the, and 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 Buddy, they 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 get they just get it. Like there's yeah. a, a bigger picture where you know they're like a like a, a master craftsman who has just so many tools in his tool shed that you know it's not like he's just going to grab a, sa- a hammer or a saw and some nails and be like I'm going to build a house. You know, I mean he 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 goes in and he has such a, a vast knowledge and ability to rely on that that he can pull exactly what he needs out in that moment and also get it out of his opponent. Like, like, like uh, Chris mentioned, Hopkins did not, did not get like rail steamrailed or rolled over there. I mean, it, it was a great match and, mm-hmm. and I, it's, and, and obviously because of those two guys, but I think a big part of it was just buddy, buddy's a pro. Yeah. It seems very uh, selfless of them, like a selfless way of thinking, which is great. Great to have. Um so uh, for, going down to the fourth question of the last show, Sam Adonis, uh, he, sur- he survived. He got away with another one, survived uh, someone else. But can we like get, can you give me the, can you give, I'm sure there's a, there's a whiteboard somewhere, right? Where is that whiteboard? <laughs> can you, what's the fast track? How do we get Sam in the, in the warrior wrestling main event? Like, how do we do like, when is that coming? I feel like it, it, we should be there already and we're not on that at that stop yet. There's a process, right? So Sam spent the first couple of years getting over as the most entertaining heel on the show. And Frank the Clown will bristle at us saying that. Uh, he, <laughs> he spent a couple of years getting over as the most entertaining wrestling heel on the show, not manager. Sure. And then naturally the pull was coming to make him a baby face. And, and he and we talked about that and have leaned into that. So that's where it is now. Mm-hmm. Then now you start the build so you can't rush it you've got to let I know. it take its <laughs> i know i know well, and let's we see the road ahead let's let's not forget he's been in war of attrition he has wrestled jay white he has it's not that the man is is uh is is completely inexperienced in a warrior wrestling main yeah. event and he's not irrelevant on these cards I'm not, absolutely i'm not saying that um it's like i don't know i follow i i'm a big i'm currently a big fan of marvel and like the marvel cinematic universe and anyone who's a fan of that will understand but like follow this one podcast they're just like what where is the whiteboard because they usually at the under the whiteboard is like a a a villain like a galactus or something like when is galactus gonna come in so that's why like i keep asking myself that and now i keep asking myself the same question about sam adonis when is sam adonis gonna get that that shot so if we're sitting here a year from now and he hasn't gotten the, the Warrior Wrestling Championship, I'm going to be a little upset. I hope you guys can understand <laughs> that. 
Well, I, I will just say this, and not that we, we don't have like everything mapped out at show by show, et cetera, but for the rise of a great hero to happen, you also need a corresponding villain or negative force. So I, I would say watch Sam's journey as he evolves and as the rest of the show evolves to, to kind of see where that goes. Awesome. All right. I'm satisfied for the moment. Um, the fifth question, we're, we're biased. Uh, we have to talk about our girl, Lanny Luck. She's, uh, she's been on this podcast before. We were huge, huge fans of her. We thought she put up a good fight. How did you feel about her debut? And is she going to be back at all? Do we have any plans for that? Uh, I will jump in and say she and Roxy tore the house down. Um, she was a request. Uh, there we go. Party unicorn. Um, she was a request of Roxy. We had a long discussion with Roxy about possible opponents and we went over and that's something we like to do with a lot of champions, either our champions or other champions that are coming in and talking over a lot of different names with Roxy. She was like, yes, Lainey Luck would be amazing. I said, great. We've, we've, we, Lainey is one of those people who's on our list and we like, but it's just about when is there a spot that makes sense? And yeah. she and Roxy went out there and Eric and I talked about this. It was quiet at first because not a lot of people knew Roxy. Some local people knew Lainey. Mm -hmm. By the end, the whole crowd was into that match. And, and they just showed how good the two of them are. Awesome. Yeah, and I think that that was um, – I, I believe I, – I think they've wrestled once before actually uh, for ROH, um, Lainey versus Roxy. So um, they had some uh, kind of experience, some knowledge. They knew each other ahead of time, uh, had worked each other before. Um, and I think that that familiarity also showed uh, in the ring, which was part of the reason why they were able to go out there and, like Steve said, just tear the house down. I mean, I, I, if I remember correctly, I, like I said, I'm kind of back and forth between backstage and in the house. But I, if I remember correctly, I during about maybe two-thirds of the way through that match, that got of this is awesome chant too. And, you know, those are that's one of those cool moments for us as bookers, promoters, where, you know, we put this match together and you can feel in the beginning, the crowd is still kind of feeling these people out. Mm -hmm. And then 10, 12 minutes later, the crowd is completely in. They're hot. They're 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 ready. And they're ex like e expressing their joy that they're getting out of this match. So, um, yeah, it was a great match. Yeah. Um, and then the last uh, the sixth question I have pertaining to the last show, we're going to give you six more. Um, is how are you, are you guys feeling salty at all? Salty at Frank for ruining the main event is Trey Miguel or Jonathan Gresham feeling salty. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, Chris is putting up hashtags that are very, very <laughs> relevant that you should use on social media. You guys, and can you explain the ban? I mean, I've been waiting. I think I'm in favor of this ban. You should have had this ban probably six shows ago. Um, but like, I, I, you guys just like, it, it, did it just go from like a saltiness feeling to like, Hey, we need to do something about this. So it kind of explained that like process about Frank ruining this shit. Sure. Uh, well, I'll jump in on this one. Um, Frank technically, as he put out in his video, his last contracted date to manage a wrestler at warrior was July 17th, which is when Lance Archer murdered him and Robert Ego Anthony. And he was gone. He did. He was the, uh, August was uh, the first show without Frank the Clown ever. And it was wonderful. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he was back. And we didn't invite him back. So he is not invited to manage wrestlers in Warrior Wrestling right now. Okay, And that's why it was important for us to contractually put that in with the Chinley Park Convention Center that he's not allowed yes. on the premises. You needed the hard band. Saying you're just not invited isn't enough, right? You need the well, hard. and so in 821... 
the, the very first show after 717, we were ready for him to try and come back. We had, I mean, we had like, like pictures up on the wall for security. Like, do not let this man in. Turn you away. This man. Like, like we, we were ready. We actually expected it for 821. And then when it didn't happen, when it, you know, when, when it was the calm and there was no storm, we are like, all right, I, maybe we actually killed him. Maybe he's gone. <laughs> And, uh, did you loosen up a bit? Did security loosen up a bit? That we day? did. Well, we did because we figured we'd already we'd already gotten through one show, and and we, right. we had no no um, Frank sightings, nothing, not even a, not even a peep on social media from him. So yeah, we we kind of that that's our bad because we we let our guard down uh, for Sweet Sixteen because we were so focused on everything else that was going on that yeah. show that 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 sneaky little bastard recognized <laughs> uh, an opportune moment to to catch us looking the other way and. We're not going to allow that to happen this show in December, especially being on a um, off-site on a separate premises where we have the ability right. to to let their security handle it. So there's no bias. There's no. There's no. Oh no! I like him. No, it's just it's Tinley Park Convention Center. Do not let this man on the property. You damn right. I bet you if you look closely in the stands at in that August show, he wasn't there. He's probably sitting there with like a Groucho glasses on or something like like in the nose or no uh i hope i hope not no but I, i'm glad you guys are getting the proper authorities involved yeah but i mean this match just point out like again trey miguel's showing why he is the champion like i mean gresham him both of them were going head to head and it was really anybody's game here like that's what i was feeling but like trey miguel really upping up his game and and really showing you know that he's not you know a quick high flyer or whatnot like he he was pulling out some some technical stunts in this match for sure yeah um chris you want to introduce the next show and then maybe just just yep. r- really quickly run through the matches at least we have that we have lined that we up have announced, that announced yeah. so far yeah so where wrestling 17 takes place on sunday Ju- sunday december 12th as we talked about the 12 12 questions we're asking today um it's at the Tinley Park Convention Center. New venue. First time that War Wrestling steps out of Marion Catholic, right? Um, VIP Fan Fest uh, starts at 2 p.m. Doors open at 3.30 and bell time is 4 p.m. So, so far, logistics are there. And we have a few announced matches. Uh, one of them being Chelsea Green. Coming back. Oh wait, is this Chelsea's debut at Warrior? No, nope, she was no, at she one was... and two. Okay, yeah, thought so. So she does she's coming back um against Sky Blue. Another big challenge for Sam Adonis being Brody King. Um Rocky Romero returns, goes up against Casey Navarro, Aramis versus Flamita for the Lucha title match. Um Fuego del Sol makes his appearance at Warrior Wrestling against Carlos Romo. Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez. I don't know. I feel like this happened before, but I am excited for this match. Um, Dante Martin against Bandito, which that's that's going to be crazy also. And then, you know, if that's not enough, Will Ospreay comes back, goes up against Trey Miguel and Blake Christian. I don't know if this match is for the title. It is. It is, it is for the Warrior Wrestling Championship. Okay. okay. So just, just to up the ante a little bit more, you know, make that for the war wrestling championship. Um, mm-hmm. So those are eight matches announced. I don't know if that is all there is to this show, which I have a feeling <laughs> that that's it. I, I 
That is, we've actually, so um, Warrior Suite 16 had 10 and, and that just, it was great, but it just, it makes for a rushed pace sometimes. And so for this show, we particularly wanted to give the matches more time to breathe. So we have eight matches and, and that's it. And they're going to get the time they need to breathe. Right. And we need to save time for the undertaker at the end. Exactly. Uh, to come out. His so. line's going to be hours long. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's doing the, the Kevin Hart show now, the, Cold as balls. Have you guys seen that? <laughs> I have not. I, that's a, that is a, a talk about. I mean, I don't. That is a pairing. That is a pairing. I never thought I would see. Uh, in, like standing next to each other. That that that's a blow your mind kind of pairing. So craziness. Um, Great fifteen minutes of your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything logistically before we jump into the six questions for the show? Anything logistically we need to know about this venue? No, uh, you know, Chris hit the the details. It's about 15 minutes from Marion Tops. It is at the corner of Harlem Avenue and um, I-80, basically. So anywhere you're coming from on a highway, it's right there. There's a whole bunch of restaurants and bars right around it. So if you want to get dinner before or your lunch before or dinner after the show, um, hopefully it's a really convenient location for everybody. And the only reason we're not at Marion is there is a cheerleading tournament at Marion all weekend. So we are going down the road to the Tinley Park Convention Center. Nice. Good luck to uh, the cheerleading squad as well. Um, I thought I thought maybe Dan Murray booked both gyms. Um, um, I don't know if he's still there. Dan Murray is currently the I think the women's basketball coach. He's my old gym teacher and basketball coach in high school, so I have a lot of history with that man. Tell him I said hello if you see him. Um, shout out to Dan Murray, and he's probably so salty that I would beat him in all the gym sports and gym, but that's okay. He'll get over it. Um, so six questions about the next show. Um, I'm going to start with Eric first. Let's start here. Can you talk about, so Rocky Romero is a name that sticks out. Just obviously that, that does. And the man, the history this man has, and just like how entertaining he is. Can you talk about what, what he can bring to a locker room or what you're at least maybe potentially expecting to, for him to bring a couple of things that come to mind are leadership, maybe just the high entertainment value as well. Like what are we expecting from Rocky in the ring, outside the ring? Etc. Are you excited to have have him uh, respect the Ramirez? Yes, yeah. related related to Chris Ramirez, long long a uh, third cousin, third cousin on the line. Uh, yeah, excited for him to come. Yeah, so um, this is Rocky's return. Uh, he yeah. was here um, as one of Will's tag team um, members when Will was here back in December of nineteen. Okay. Um, Rocky is is, is a presence. I mean, this guy has literally been around the world, seen it all, done it all, commented on it all. I mean, he knows everything, knows everyone. Um, there is, well, there is, uh, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to catch. So that caught me off guard. <laughs> that caught me off guard, but there's nothing that's going to catch Rocky off guard. Right. Okay. So, um, yes, he brings kind of a, a very stabilizing presence to a locker room. Um, just, just, walks in and, and has that respect doesn't have to earn like he's already earned it um there we go he, he's already earned the respect of the locker room so he walks in with it he he doesn't flaunt it um he's there for the guys he truly yeah. loves wrestling he truly loves the locker room um and so he is he is a huge addition to any locker room that he steps into and then to to pair him with a guy like kc who won our gmsi and um has a can call a shot when uh, whenever he's ready, he um, I think I think he is he is going to learn a lot. I think he learned a lot at our last show against um, uh, 
uh, uh, Alex Shelley. And um, he, unfortunately, that lesson was from the school of the hard knocks. Um, Mm -hmm. If you remember that match, he got his, got his teeth kicked in by one of the greatest. Um, And so I'm interested to see how he responds going up against yet another one of the greatest um, in, in the world. So, um, and, and, and Rocky knows how to get the most out of a guy. So we will, we will see how that one works out, but I'm excited. Yeah. for it. You talk about like five tool. These people talk about like five tool players and like baseball or something like that. Like, I feel like Rocky is a five tool wrestler. Like there's wrestling, there's like commentating. There's, I don't know what the, whatever the tools you, you could probably be more than five if you're, if you're picking your own tools, but I feel like he is so versatile that he, you could probably give him four things to do that night and he could do all four of those things. Knock every single one of them out of the park. Yeah, exactly. Um, getting on to the second question. Uh, so let's start Steve. Let's go to Steve for this one. Uh, uh, someone who's on fire at the moment is Sky Blue. She yes. just won the AAW Women's Championship. Uh, let's talk about her and let's talk about, uh, the re- I guess, the reason for, reason for booking her. And like, what about, what about her uh, sticks out to you as something you want to have in your locker room and warrior and in the ring? Wow. So I'll answer the second part first. She has incredible spunk, incredible charisma, and her ring work has gotten very crisp over the last six months. She was okay. someone we talked about a year ago in the 2020 stadium series. And the reality was, and Eric and I have talked about this for a lot of the great women wrestlers out there. They just don't have a lot of experience yet. You know, they just haven't had the matches under their belt okay. and they go from, kind of green without a ton of experience to a little bit polished and they're signed somewhere because all the big companies are looking for the women stars of the future. And sky blue a year ago was on our radar. She was really good. We thought about her, you know, in the future. And this year she had a couple of great matches in AEW against red velvet. Um, I think she had one with Jade Cargill and all of a sudden she, she had all of the pieces were, were getting honed and they all came together. And now it's like, all right, now she is the complete package. She'll still get better. She'll still grow. But as a performer, I really think she's the complete package. We actually originally had her booked on October 16, but she had an AAW commitment and couldn't couldn't do it. So we've been wanting to work with her for a few months now. And um, I think with her winning the, uh, excuse me, she had an AEW commitment. When with her winning the AAW um, title, I think she's just going to be really growing in the Chicago area. And I think, you know, she has the potential to be the successor in some ways, symbolically to Kylie Ray, as far as that phenomenal women's wrestler in Chicago. No, I I think it's, I think it's important what you said, because I think even just logistically, I think with like, there is just less opportunities, I think, and less matches for women at this moment. And I think it's really good. It has gotten better and it's really getting better. But even with Shimmer and like Rise, Rise really not running, Shimmer running less. And I'm not even sure. I think they're still continuing. I'm not uh, even 100% sure on that. Um, yeah, there's just, they just get less in ring reps. And like, and like, so it's just like someone like Sky Blue, uh, like you said, there is, there is just that gap. Like she's around and she's just really raw. And then all of a sudden she gets that one and she's just a little, just because she's getting less in ring reps and then she just gets that one domino that tumbles her into this elite category all of a sudden and now you're like oh crap now like AEW is wrestling on dark and like she's the AEW women's championship and it's like not she's a hot commodity at this moment um and 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 all that is well deserved but i think there i think there is some some truth you said like the progression 
of a woman's wrestler does feel different than a men's wrestler. It's purely sometimes just because they, they get uh, from at least my eyes, they're getting less, there's less opportunity for matches in some cases and they're getting less reps. Not that they, not that you can't make it because you obviously you can. And, and we've seen that. Uh, so it's really cool for her to break through that glass ceiling into the second tier. Um, I think. And, and uh, speaking of women's wrestling, um, Thunder. So I don't know. Has this match ha- happened before? Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. This seems like a match made in heaven. So it has. Yeah, they've had a few. They actually were just part of a triple threat at WrestleCade uh, okay. a couple of days ago. But it's never happened at this scale uh, on this big of a stage. You know, I mean, it, it, it's happened on some smaller indies here yeah. or there over the years. Um, but never at this level. And neither of them have ever been as good or as on fire as they are right now. Okay. So. Um. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit, Chris. I think this is one that sits out to Chris a lot because Chris is always... See, Chris and I caught Mercedes Martinez, I think, at the tail end of her run. This would probably be the tail end of her run, I would think. Just And I'm not pigeonholing her into being... But she is, I think, a little bit older, a little bit more veteran-like now. Um, yeah. So, like, when we first started seeing Mercedes Martinez, then she did, like, the stuff with WWE and she didn't get signed. And we, I think we always felt like she got the short end of the stick because she's still really, really good. Um, so like, and then so you pair her with someone like Thunder Rosa, who's as fiery as Mercedes Martinez is in a little bit of different way. Like, I feel like both of these women could beat you up in an alley in a heartbeat. And <laughs> now they're both wrestling each other. Chris, like, I feel like this match is something you'd love to see, you know, once 100%. a week, twice yeah. on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once I saw those two names, like, I was like, shit, has this happened before? Like, that was my first time. Like, I think it has, but, you know, I don't I don't know if with, with the coverage that Warrior would, would kind of, or the the promotion that Warrior could, could provide for these two. I mean, and we're, we're talking about a Thunder Rosa that's, um, you know, and, and I think we've said this before, like over the last two years, we're like, she's going to break out this year. She's going to break out this year. Well, she this year she was able to get that contract, um, you know, and, and she is just, killing it everywhere she goes and then you have mercedes martinez who has been doing this like you've mentioned before like for for several years before even you know appearing on national television so like i i think these two just have it whatever it is like and now you're gonna put them against each other in a stage like this it's just gonna tear the house down yeah how did how did this come to be eric how did you guys toss this one around um, so we, we, we've known, um, of Mercedes work, uh, for a while. We, we, uh, there was, she had some great matches with Tessa Blanchard back before she signed with, uh, WWE. And, um, obviously we know Tessa, we love Tessa. Um, and so we kind of, the first time I saw, um, uh, Mercedes Martinez was actually, I think in like a, like a basketball gym in Naperville, um, against, um, I think it was against Tessa and, um, it was, it was the, the two of them, like you said, could just beat you up in an alley and not think twice mm-hmm. about it. And yeah. um, that is a, that, that mentality was something that, that we saw and we recognized in that talent level um, to go, you know, to go toe to toe with, with Tessa Blanchard is no, um, no small feat. So um, we were, we were wanting to work with Mercedes before she signed. Um, uh, obviously once she went on to that kind of exclusivity with, with, uh, WWE, it wasn't really an option. So, um, she was one that, you know, we followed, we cheered on from, from the behind the scenes and, um, 
was, was like you said, waiting for that big breakout. It just never quite happened. And now that she's back onto the Indies, um, that was one that for us was a no brainer. Um, yeah. We've got Rosa who is, who is our champ, who is the champions champion. Um, she, right. she is amazing. She is incredible. She will kick your teeth in. Uh, and, and that, that kind of match um, is, is, is rare to find two people at that caliber at that same moment in their careers. Right. Um, and, and so to be able to put that together for, for me and Steve, it was a no brainer. Like we didn't even have to discuss it. It was like Mercedes Martinez is back out uh, on, on the market. Let's get her on the show. Yeah, that was basically exactly. the end of it. Uh, and sticking with you, Eric, question number four: How excited are you to have Bandito back? The, there's, a, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of new talent that's been released, but like, elaborate on that. So Bandito uh, is another one who this is his second Warrior show. Um, he was actually Brian Cage's first title defense after. So Cage won uh, at right. Warrior Two. He won the belt in the first War of Attrition. His first title defense was against Bandito. And um, and I think that was the night after all. Was that right after? No, it was not the night after. It was very short. It was like a couple weeks after. Yeah. Um, he had he had been on All Out and just um, really kind of burst onto the scene after after that pay per view. And um, so, one of my favorite Warrior memories of all time is there's this monkey flip that yes, uh, I was just thinking about that that Brian Cage does to Bandito in that match where Bandito nearly gets thrown out of the ring. I mean, like over the top oh, row, and um, you know when, when you've got somebody of that that and and and, and b- backstage, awesome, just a great person, great human being, great wrestler, great to work with, um, nothing but wonderful things to say about him. So once we saw that was one where Steve and I kind of got a little giddy and excited when when we realized that he was back uh, available to to us. Um, that was one of those where it was, there was no hesitation. It was he's available. Call him. See what he's up to. See if he remembers us. See, you know, see if it's if this is something we can put together. Um, and then when we have a talent, a young talent like Dante Martin, who is just launching himself literally and physically and, and like metaphorically into the stratosphere uh, of wrestling. Um, and and when you have that, uh, don't forget Dante has a lucha background. Um, so that that is something that he's going to be able to tap into. And I think that match has that, that steal the show quality um, that it, it could be one of those you walk away from. And we're talking about, you know, here we are three years later talking about a monkey flip with Brian cage. We could be three years from now talking about a moment with, uh, with Dante Martin. And I am here for it. Yeah. And although not wearing a mask, Chris has told me many times you don't need to wear a mask to be a luchador. It's something that I've learned. Is that correct, Chris? That is correct, but also, I mean, he he was under a mask for 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 you know many years, right. so yeah. like he he definitely portrayed that that style, that lucha style, and you know I I when I think back of uh, of Bandido, I think of of him teaming with Flamita and them together as a tag team, like they were unstoppable, extremely fast paced, and now that you you know we've seen them as singles, of course, many times, um, looking at Bandido versus Dante, it's like. Like that, that again, another potential, you know, uh, match of the night, like, because they, they really can't, like, I feel like their, their styles can clash really, really well mm-hmm. or, or not clash, but kind of melt. There'll be synergy in, in that same style. 
Flamito runs so fast when he he's almost like he's like almost like Fred Flintstoning old Twinkle Toes. He's just like running so fast between the like I've never seen a man hit the ropes as fast as Flamita. I don't think I probably have, but maybe I'm. I'm it's just it's fast. Um, Steve, is any a uh, person who's really getting under the skin of the internet wrestling community? Although, <laughs> although we. You, they they exist. The internet. Some of them probably go to your show. I'm not going to poop on them. I'm we're part of it. Um, is someone named Matt Cardona? Is he going to show up at all? He's he's really getting under the skin. Any hijinks from him expected? You know what? We've talked about it. Uh, not on twelve twelve. Twelve twelve is set, so people okay. shouldn't expect um, big crazy surprises. It's crazy enough as it is already stacked. Okay. Um, but we've talked about a return, and it's funny. So Cardona was on our show June fifth. He showed up at GCW and became the Matt Cardona that he is now on June 6th. So literally, we were the last stop in his Welcome Back to the Indies Happy Smiling Tour. (laughs) And then he became the bane of GCW's existence. So it will be interesting to see if that version of Matt Cardona would make his way back here. So don't expect that on 12-12, but the door is always open. Great. And then the last question, uh, number six, I'm going to start with Eric. Um, I know there's amazing. Um, um, we talked about the amazing matches on the show. What which match has the potential to steal it? Who is your? Do you have a show stealer for for this for this show? I know it's. I don't. I don't. This is not my favorite question because it's like I know all the matches are are gonna have their own place and be part of that buffet. We talk about wrestling as a buffet, but if you had to pick one that's gonna steal the show, do you have a match that's gonna steal it? That's such a loaded question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think this. I think this show truly, uh, maybe even more so than some of the other ones we've done. Most of the other ones we've done, in my opinion, um, on on paper, literally every single match could be that match that steals the show. Um, and and for all the reasons that we've just kind of talked about. I mean, uh, you've got Fuego coming in. He's he's hot as 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 the sun the soul uh you got carlos romo coming back to the united states for the first time in years back to warrior for i want to say his third third or fourth uh, appearance on warrior wrestling um we've already talked about dante and bandito uh we haven't even talked about our champion trey miguel also the x division champion that's true the, the undefeated self-proclaimed champion and will osprey and and the the man with the most heart in the game blake christian um I mean, we. I think it's truly one of those. I mean, Sam Brody, uh, Rosa, um, and and Martinez. It's it's literally one of those where if you don't, we, we talk about the buffet, right? If you don't know, if you go to Old Country and you're just like, uh, I'm just going to get a plate, like a scoop of everything because I like everything. If you don't know what your flavor is by the end of the show, you will. Yeah. Because whichever match steals the show for you because I think every single one of them can and will steal the show, whichever match you walk away from on this show that steals the show from you, that is your flavor. Uh, because the, the, the vastness of flavors on this show combined with the extreme quality of every single flavor type is, is, is one of those things where to, to say, which is going to steal the show. I, I can't I, literally every single one will, you are the one that determines which one steals the show because of which flavor you like the most. I think you, uh, that you just felt like you just pulled a Jedi mind trick on me. I think <laughs> that was the first, that was a perfect answer. I think. Uh, and the most, and the most, it was a very diplomatic answer as well, considering, you know, 
you have you're part of the you don't want to upset any talent back there. Not that they would get upset, but not that they even listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, you like, make I mean, a, a great point. Like we, you know, we haven't talked about what in our minds automatically goes to as the main event. Like, I don't know what surprises you'll have up your sleeve. This could kick off the show for all I know now, but you know, it's, it's Will Ospreay, right? Against Trey Miguel against Blake Christian. Like if, if that is not enough, with, with that just being released out there to say like, there's definitely a match that's going to steal the show. Like it's right there. But also I can't look past the fact that, you know, Arami's being the, you know, defending champ for what? Three, this will be his third defense. Right. Uh, Carry the four. Uh, yeah. 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 He won it in June. He defended it in July, August, October. So actually this will be his fourth. Mm. That was an opportunity for you teachers to do a math joke. And I think, you that, <laughs> yeah, I was going to go into like, if there's like 80%, you know, chance of rain that day with a 20% of, luck with divided by seven i don't know that you <laughs> are you know, steiner math that's steiner math but yeah. uh no but against you know arami's going against flamita again we, we we briefly touched on flamita's speed and and skills but you know arami's just came from defeating you know gringo loco who was super super close of getting that win um uh, in, in gringo loco another you know kind of like the guy that holds the torch for all lucha and you know in the chicago land at least um I, I think like there's a lot to be said about the two champs and the matches that they're on. Right. Like I don't want to look past that because the card is stacked as it is. Yeah. Well, people see Dante and Bandito and go, Oh, well, there's the big, like Aramis and Flamita. That is going to be amazing. If, 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 if I think people get distracted by Dante Bandito, which is also going to be amazing that they forget that, that there's other matches there. And I will even say this, here will be my answer to Charlie's question. Rocky Romero versus Casey Navarro. Because the word steal implies that you weren't expecting it and it, and it took you by sure. surprise. There are two brilliant, we just talked about Navarro as a five, and, and Romero both as five star players or five tool players. They are going to go in there and do their thing the best that they know how to do it, different from all of the other types of matches. And they're both so smart. And KC is on this long story journey at Warrior right now. People will walk away remembering the story of that match. That is my prediction. Wow. I love it. I love how, I love how, uh, yeah, I love how confident you are in that as well. Um, cool. Well, so our, the 55 minute mark, I think we tried. I think we really did try. <laughs> I think we were a little 15 minute opening, I think. Uh, although I enjoy always, always conversation and always hearing you guys' opinion. I think you have really, uh, just a really great mind uh, for what you do and for these shows. Um, but yeah, here we are, warriorwrestling.net for tickets. 12-12, you, you literally can't forget, if you've listened to this and you forget the date, then what are you What are you even doing? You must be multitasking and you must be a male because men can't multitask. That's something that, I, that I've learned. Uh, can you guys multitask? Because I can't. I speak for yourself, Charlie. What? <laughs> <laughs> you guys just say the same joke. God, I hate, I hate how in sync you guys are. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, 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 anything else uh, before we maybe no, just that's, throw it that's to? That's all I got. Um, the only thing okay. that that I gotta ask regarding the the uh, Tinley Park uh, Park Center, what the Tinley Park Convention Center, um, it's like 
maybe some logistics around like parking. Is there going to be, you know, food, beverages, inside? Intermi- <laughs> intermission is important. At least I want to know <laughs> if sure. we're getting intermission or not. <laughs> uh, so ample parking and it's free. Um, there okay. will be concessions for sale, including alcohol. Um, there will not be an intermission. We learned in, in 2020 Fair. that um, the shows flow a lot better without intermission, yeah. honestly. Like you don't lose the crowd and have to gain them back, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So no intermission, but there will be concessions, uh, ample bathrooms available in case you have to do <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but no, it'll, it'll be a, a great venue. And, and this is important. We're going to push this big next week. We are in the North Hall of the Convention Center. It's a giant complex. So we are okay. in the North Hall, the end farthest away from the hotel. But we'll put that the farthest away from the south. Of... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> farthest away from the clowns. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely. No clowns allowed. The North remembers. Um, yeah. And uh, I think we've done a fantastic job of selling the show. Honestly, you know what to expect from these guys. If you don't like there is 16 shows, there's little recaps of all the matches on their YouTube channel. Just to like give you that little taste to draw you in. Um, but uh, thank you guys for your time. Uh, you know, you guys have, have been wonderful and, and we're excited. We're excited for this one and end the year with a bang. Amen. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Chris, you want to take you. us home? Yep. Um, just a quick reminder for you guys that are listening and watching on YouTube. Uh, you can find us on social media. That's Two Heels in a Face, number Two Heels in a Face, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and YouTube as well. This will be up on YouTube. You can enjoy, you know, the hashtags that I play around with throughout the episode. <laughs> and um, as far as we're wrestling, where can you guys find uh, we're wrestling on on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that? I know I got Facebook right here for you guys. Thank you. I mean, Twitter. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. So it's the same on Instagram at Warrior Wrestling. No vowels in wrestling. So W-R-S-T-L-N-G. The website is warriorwrestling.net. Everything is available there. Um, Go there first. Check it out. Buy your tickets and come see us on 1212. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, Make sure to hashtag fuck that clown. (laughs) Yeah. No no vowels (laughs) and and fuck as well. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just just try (laughs) to keep it, you know, PG. Yes, definitely. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for your time, guys. We appreciate you. You got it. Good night, guys. Thanks for having us. Have a good one. Thank Thank you. you.